Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from the Steel Curtain Network, courtesy of Fans First Sports Network. Man, so many exciting things are happening with FFSN all across the landscape of sports. So if there's something you're into other than the Pittsburgh Steelers, which for me, it's hard to fathom anything other than the men of steel. Well, it's going to be out there on FFSN as we are definitely building our platform and our network. It is exciting stuff here in the landscape of sports. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Monday. I get it. And everyone's like, oh, bad. It's Monday. Why are we so excited about a Monday? It's training camp week. We are going to watch players, 90 plus of them, and coaches embark on a tiny St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. And yes, it is going to be exciting because football is officially back. The offseason is officially going to end this week as the Steelers morph into preseason. And you got to love it. I know we're not wishing your summer away. I know you're like, bad. Why are you doing this to us? We want, we still have summer plans. Now, Jeff Hartman of Steel Curtain Network, something he always says is, look, we're not wishing the summer away because training camp is a major part of your summer. And for me, the hope that I had with the Pittsburgh Pirates is pretty much completely dashed as we're already looking towards 2024. <laughs> but actually, I think we're looking towards 2034 at this point. But it is a part of the summer. And this is the gateway into the fall, into the autumn, into the 2023 season. And there's been a lot of preparation for it. Omar Khan and company has done so much to get the Pittsburgh Steelers ready for this. So that's why I am so jazzed about what's going to be going on. So many storylines, and we've talked about all these storylines for the preseason leading up to this moment. When they embark, when they get there on Wednesday, we know about Kenny Pickett. Can he take that second step? Will the rookies on the defensive side of the ball, what will they do? Are they ready for prime time now? What about number one pick Broderick Jones and the offensive line? Is Dan Moore Jr. going to step aside easily? No. Here's your answer. No, he's not. He's fighting for his football life. So everybody thinks they know everything about training camp and what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do because bad. They've always done it this way. Bad daddy, you know. The Pittsburgh Steelers, when it comes down to it, they're going to just do business as usual. Well, yeah, we think that. And there's so many misconceptions when we talk about Steelers training camp. And I have compiled five major misconceptions of the men of steel. And it's time to talk about those during this exciting show. But before we get to that, make sure you check out this morning's episode of Let's Ride. Another great one from Jeff Hartman. It's our flagship show here on FFSN with the morning and the afternoon. There's also going to be some great shows later on today. 
make sure that you go ahead and get your hangover cure with Shannon White and Daniel J with a hangover tonight. Then tomorrow, here we go. The Steelers show. Yes, it's moved. It's new bat time, new bat channel. Not really new bat channel, just new bat time. It's Kevin Smith and myself as we go ahead and get the prime spot on Tuesday mornings, 5 a.m. When that show drops, another episode of The Fix with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts will be at noon and Old Faithfuls, The Bros, The Sco Bros tonight coming up. So great stuff. Get ready for it. Get excited for it. It's going to be good stuff. We're going to be talking about the Steelers embarking on Latrobe. But once again, before we get there, we've got to talk about the things that you think that aren't really true. And once again, it's misconceptions of the Steelers in camp. Let's go to the first one. This is one that has taken me a long time to realize. And especially because we talk about those guys on the bubble all the time here at Steel Curtain Network. And the artist formerly known as BTSC. We talk about the guys on the other side of the bubble being indispensable. We have camp darlings all the time, and we're going to. You got to have guys to root for. And one thing that I've learned over the past eight years being involved in Steeler podcasts, writing for the various websites, now Steel Curtain Network, one thing that I have noticed is we latch on to certain players that are on the bubble. And we think that they are indispensable. And you hate to see, you hate to label a guy as dispendable. Because, actually, it's not even dispendable. It's expendable. Boy, am I screwing that whole thing up. I'm, I guess I'm creating my own vernacular right now. But you, unless you're in that movie, The Expendables, I think Stallone, Stone Cold Steve Austin, all these older, amazing stars in that movie, I never watched them. But you don't want to be expendable. And at this point, who wants to label somebody as that? Because nobody's expendable. But it's a rough job here, getting on a 53-man roster. It almost seems impossible. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, whether this is an open competition or not for jobs. But we've seen in the past... We've latched on the guys. We've latched on to Quincy Roche, who is back this year. And when the Steelers did not protect Quincy Roche and he went somewhere else. Deontay Spencer is a guy that I was like, you cannot get rid of Deontay Spencer. He did some decent things in Denver. But he did not make or break this team by, uh, by leaving. They didn't protect Devlin Hodges. They got to keep him, and he helped out with that 2019 season. 
it was actually a magical run for a little bit. There's a lot of excitement. Duck might have made the playoffs. But we worry so much about these guys that are at the end of the roster. And you can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of them. But the problem is you just want to stockpile players. And that's what fans do. They want to stockpile guys just in case something happens. Break glass in case of emergency. And that's what these players become. But you know what? That guy on the other side of the bubble is not expendable. To us. But really, in the NFL landscape, in the landscape of the team, yeah. It's not making or breaking your team. So when we talk about those battles for the very end, for the wide receiver position, Johnny Holton a couple years back, when we talk about those guys, is Deion Kane going to make the roster? Deion Kane made Pittsburgh fans pay by beating the Maulers, if you were paying attention. I think Jeremy Betts and I were the only ones paying attention to that in the USFL championship. But when you talk about those guys at the end of the roster, they do have an opportunity to contribute. We saw that, you know, just a few years ago with different players. But at the end of the day, if you're fighting for a roster spot, you might not really be a guy that gets a helmet on Sunday. That's the thing. So when you latch on to these guys, understand that it's not a situation where these players are going to uh, compete to be a superstar on this team. And the guys that have been there all along are the ones that are going to get you to the playoffs. Number two, early quarterback camp returns and stats are telling. No, they're not. Man, we are now a society, especially a sports society, of instant gratification. And the thing about that is we seem to want to know right away what's going on. Camp is a process. You know, you're rusty after six weeks off. And I know that they have mini camp. I know they have mandatory workouts. Team activities. I understand that. OTAs is what they call them. You know that. But the thing about them is you're not really in football shape. Until you're out of shorts now. Until those pads are on. And really until you're playing preseason games. You're not really in shape yet. In football shape. Now some of them are working out. Like crazy. But the speed of the game has to be there. And last year if you look at early camp returns. Mason Rudolph is your superstar quarterback. Because right away. 
he was slinging the ball well. And everybody's worried about Kenny Pickett because of the first two days of training camp. Because the reports of Kenny Pickett were not amazing. It takes some time. Especially for a skill position like quarterback. It's going to take some time for the corners. We're really excited about Corey Trice and Joey Porter, both juniors. And we should be. But you've got to understand that players like this, even though they've been in OTAs, what we see on the first couple days does not define their entire career. Would you want your job defined in your entire career on the first month of being there? You learn on the job. You get up to speed, whether you're an accountant, whether you're working as a police officer or a firefighter. My gosh, you don't go into a burning building the first day of work and do everything right. I know in my job, in my career, outside of Steel Curtain Network, I learn every single day. And I've been in that career for over 20 years. So we've got to pump the brakes. By the way, new podcast, Wednesday nights, Shannon White, Big G, Sean Gurley, Tate Boy Fresh, Kevin Tate. They have a show called Pump Your Brakes. Good stuff. But we've got to pump those brakes, though. When we hear that Mason Rudolph goes eight for eight on the first day and Kenny Pickett is four for nine and throws an interception on a seven and seven drill, don't freak out. When we see that Mitch Trubisky is throwing well, doesn't mean that there's a competition at quarterback. Kenny Pickett's your guy. The fact that Broderick Jones does not look up to speed in the first day of minicamp has people saying, oh, he's struggling. Steelers reached. Come on, stop. Let these guys learn on the job. We've got three more to go. We're going to go ahead and take a break. We will be back right after this. It's Steel Curtain Network. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and this is Bad Language. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, 
you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome back to Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. And this is my solo show. You can hear me on other shows with Dave Schofield on the week that was. The preview with Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield. And here we go, the Steelers show with KT Smith. Among other things, I pop up like a bad weed. I end up somewhere, everywhere. Some people would love to hear me less, I guess. <laughs> but now I'm I'm here, and I'm so glad that you indulge me. And let me do this show. I get to talk about the Steelers. And that is one of my most favorite things in the world. My gosh, 40 plus years as a fan. And the fact that you're listening right now, whether you're in your car, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, the fact that you turn the show on and you support our network and our platform is fantastic. We can't do these shows without you. We'd be talking to nobody. I'd just be talking to my wife right now droning on and on about the Steelers. Whether his name is Nick Herberg, Herbig, or Nate Herbig, what position one of the brothers plays, I mix those up all the time. Then I'd have to explain that. Talk about the glory of what Minka Fitzpatrick does. Explaining an RPO, which I still don't even know if I've got the handle on that. But I love doing it, so I appreciate it. And one thing we love as Steeler fans, we love the fact that the Steelers are back in Latrobe. They were back last year. In 2020 and 2021, because of COVID, they were at Heinz Field. It was Heinz Field back then, before it was Acrisure. They were there playing. Not playing, they were practicing. They were getting ready for the season. But the fans and the Roonies were like, we got to get back to Latrobe. It's really a fan experience is what it is. So the number three misconception here is that the players love to be in Latrobe. I don't think they do. Now, they're going to say that they do because they cherish their fans. And I just said it's a fan experience. You know, a lot of people go take their families to minicamp. Excuse me, not to minicamp, to uh, training camp. They try to get autographs. Remember, those guys are there to work. And it's hard to get autographs. Because that is their job. They're, they're trying to work. And a lot of times the autographs are set up by the team, too. So it's a really tough thing to do. But if you're a player, why would you love Latrobe? Think about it. You have a really super cool apartment or a house in Pittsburgh. And now 
You're in a dorm. You're eating dorm food. There's curfews. You're back in college. I mean, you're back freshman year. That's not exactly comfortable. I mean, this is not, they're not staying at the Radisson. They're not at Spring Hill Suites. There's no room service unless you have like a rookie bringing you up some extra cobbler. I'm sure they can order out for pizza. Some good pizza places in Latrobe. Yeah. And I know you're going to be saying bad. They're not going to the beehive. Man, I got to tell you, read some old stories about training camp. Just really funny stuff. And Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield and I were talking about an old clip of Myron Cope on the DVE morning show from years ago when he was talking about when they were in Wheeling, West Virginia, and how uh, Myron was talking about how a player, how players would go to houses of ill repute. Yeah, that's a, yep, that's the kind of music they were playing. (laughs) They were doing that kind of stuff. And they were actually having to do that stuff on the roof. And one player fell off with his lady of the evening. It's just uh, really funny. That was in the 1960s. Yeah. Almost 60 years ago. And that kind of stuff that was happening. Everyone says, well, you know, guys back in the day wouldn't have done that. I've read books about the Steelers in training camp and Latrobe sneaking out. I've read Ken Stabler's book how they would sneak out of dorms and they would risk injury to get out to go to bars. (laughs) Just crazy stuff. But the reason I bring all that up is everyone thinks that the players love to be in Latrobe. And of course they're going to say the right things because they do love their fans, but it's not the best experience for them. I bet you when they get back to Pittsburgh, they're relieved. Because that is not, it's it's a good football environment. It's going back to basics. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really good for the team process. We'll never know because the Steelers will never be on hard knocks. I'd love to see them on hard knocks, but I don't want them to have the record that you have to have to get on hard, rock, hard knocks. But no, the, the players, even though they love their fans, They'd rather be practicing in Pittsburgh. I would actually say, now there's some, I'm I'm sure Cam Hayward would come out and say, oh no, we love this experience. I'm sure, I mean, like for some of them, I'm sure it it, it is a different kind of retreat. It's like summer camp. It's like being away. I get it. But I think if they had their druthers, they'd be back in Pittsburgh. Number four, camp is an open competition for all. We talked about those bubble guys earlier. No, it's not enough competition. There is not a competition for QB1. There are... Now, I'm not saying that there's not competitions. Jobs are won in training camp. But backup jobs are basically won in training camp. 
most of the time you really don't want a starting job one in training camp and the Steelers are in an enviable position right now because most of their starting jobs are wrapped up already so backup jobs are really what is going to be won now I talked about the bubble guys not being as important to the process of winning. Bubble guys are still important. I never said they're not. But the backup players, the ones that are getting in there, the Marcus Goldens that are getting in there, something happens to TJ Water, Alex Highsmith. You know, the, the swing tackle. That's the stuff that you're looking at. That's that's the most important thing. And those are the big camp battles. But and we we've talked about what are the major camp battles. There shouldn't be many camp battles, really. The battles are for the next man up. TJ Watt's not battling anybody. Really, Kenny Pickett is not battling anybody. Najee Harris. As much as you want to think, oh, he's battling Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren's only hope is something that he really doesn't want to happen. And that's an injury to Najee Harris. Now, he's going to get plenty of playing time. He is going to be valuable to the Steelers. But there's not a competition. There's not a competition at tight end. Pat Fryermuth is the guy. At wide receiver, the guys are Deontay Johnson, even though you don't want me to say that, and George Pickens, which you do want me to say. The competition is, who's number three? Who's your slot guy? You know, those those are some of the things that you're looking at here. The competition is who's the next corner. Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace are your starting corners. That's what you need to know. And finally, number five, the team can always make a trade in camp to solve a problem area. I warn teams about trades right after the preseason slate of games or during camp we've seen it joe schobert vance mcdonald those guys ryan switzer akello witherspoon did they help out yeah vance mcdonald probably one of the best of the bunch coming in in preseason trades or camp trades but the problem is, when those guys come in, it takes a while to get up to speed with a new team and a new system. Vance McDonald was good for the Steelers, but it was not until the last quarter of the season where he became a main option of Ben Roethlisberger. It takes time to gel. So when you bring a guy in late, like that I'm not saying you're not going to have success but it's not a fix all 
The only guy that has come in recently that ended up being a superstar was Minka Fitzpatrick, but that was a trade after week two of the season. But he's on a, he's a superstar. He's on another plane. And they were so bad in that defensive backfield that he was able to come in and do good things. I imagine we don't talk about this. He had such a great first year in 2019 with the Steelers. What if he played in the first two games? What would have the stats been then? I I think he would have had more interceptions because they weren't throwing to him the second half of that season. They were not throwing his way. So you could always say, oh, they need to go make a trade. They need to bring a guy in. But bringing a guy in at the very end of the process, it's tough. The offseason, May and June and OTAs and all that and a full camp are very important to a player and the organization. So I hope I cleared up some of those misconceptions of the Steelers going into training camp. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been another episode of the show we call Bad Language. Thank you so much for joining me. We will talk to you again next week, and we're going to be talking about training camp in full force. I love it. The Steelers are back, y'all. I never say y'all. What's wrong with me there? My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been Bad Language, and I ain't apologizing for nothing.